we're going to be reflecting again on one of the great prayers of the Bible, the prayer of Jacob. And uh, the constant uh, reference, of course, the, the center of our spiritual life in prayer. And the call to worship is from uh, Romans 15, where uh, Paul himself, he says this, he continues to call upon God. He says, I urge you, brothers and sisters, by our Lord Jesus Christ and by the love of the Spirit to join me in my struggle by praying to God for me. Pray that I might be kept safe and that the contribution I make to the Lord's work might be well received so that by God's will I may come to you with joy and together with you be refreshed. And so that that sense of prayer in the struggles, and so we're going to be looking at Jacob in the struggles of his life and how prayer guides and directs and encourages. Please rise for God's greeting. Our coming together is an assurance that God's presence and blessing as we lift our hearts to him. He comes to be with us by his word and spirit. He greets us saying grace to you and peace from God the Father through Jesus his Son in the comfort of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And we're going to sing our opening song 575, the sense of uh, wrestling in prayer. That term wrestling is not used often in songs, but this is one where the sense too of, of in the struggles of life, we come before God. We're going to sing 575, all the stands.
We go also to our confession, looking at the prayer, the Lord's Prayer in the Heidelberg Catechism, Lord's Day 52, where it speaks about uh, the sixth request, the sense of the struggle, uh, lead us not into temptation. And so that question, we, we have that question, what does the sixth petition mean? And we join in the answer, beautiful confession. And do not bring us to the time of trial, but rescue us from the evil one means by ourselves we are too weak to hold our own even for a moment. And our sworn enemies, the devil, the world, and our own flesh never stop attacking us. And so, Lord, uphold us and make us strong with the strength of your spirit so that we may not go down to defeat in this spiritual struggle, but may firmly resist our enemies until we finally win the complete victory. So you have that sense of prayer in the struggles again. You may be seated. We have opportunity to bring our offering for the work of the Edmonton Native Healing Center. Let's pray together. Gracious Heavenly Father, we do love you, and we love you, Lord Jesus, and we thank you that we can also support the work of ministry that you continue to do through the Edmonton Native Healing Center. We thank you, too, that we can open your word again, and by the Holy Spirit to be encouraged in this area of prayer. Lord, we give you thanks that you direct us and guide us and as we listen and reflect on your word, that you would just encourage each one by your spirit in your precious name. Amen. And Anne is going to read for us.
going to be reading from Genesis 32. Genesis 32, we'll start at verse 3 and we'll go to the end of the chapter. Jacob prepares to meet Esau. Jacob sent messengers ahead of him to his brother Esau in the land of Seir, the country of Edom. He instructed them, this is what you are to say to my master Esau. Your servant Jacob says, I have been staying with Laban and I have remained there till now. I have cattle and donkeys, sheep and goats, men servant and maid servants. Now I am sending this message to my Lord that I might find favor in your eyes. When the messengers returned to Jacob, they said, we went to your brother Esau and now he's coming to meet you and 400 men are with him. In great fear and distress, Jacob divided the people who were with him into two groups, and the flocks and herds and camels as well. He thought, if Esau comes and attacks one group, the group that is left may escape. Then Jacob prayed, O God of my father Abraham, O God of my father Isaac, O Lord, who said to me, go back to your country and your relatives and I will make you prosper. I am unworthy of all the kindness and faithfulness you have shown your servant. And I had only my staff when I crossed this Jordan, but now I have become two groups. Save me, I pray, from the hand of my brother Esau, for I am afraid he will come and attack me and also the mothers and their children. But you have said, I will surely make you prosper and will make your descendants like the sand of the sea which cannot be counted. He spent the night there, and from what he had with him, he selected a gift for his brother Esau, 200 female goats and 20 male goats, 200 ewes and 20 rams, 30 female camels with their young, 40 cows and 10 bulls, and 20 female donkeys and 10 male donkeys. He put them in the care of his servants, each herd by itself, and said to his servants, go ahead of me, and keep some space between the herds. He instructed the one in the lead, when my brother Esau meets you and asks, to whom do you belong and where are you going and who owns all these animals in front of you? Then you are to say, they belong to your servant Jacob. They are a gift sent to my Lord Esau and he is coming behind us. He also instructed the second, the third and all the others who followed the herds. You are to say the same thing to Esau when you meet him. And be sure to say, your servant Jacob is coming behind us. For he thought, I will pacify him with these gifts I am sending on ahead. Later when I see him, perhaps he will receive me. So Jacob's gift went on ahead of him, but he himself spent the night in the camp. That night, Jacob got up and took his two wives his two maidservants, and his eleven sons and crossed the ford of the Jabbok. After he had sent them across the stream, he sent over all his possessions. So Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him till daybreak. When the man saw that he could not overpower him, he touched the socket of Jacob's hip so that his hip was wrenched, and he wrestled with the man. Then the man said, Let me go, for it is daybreak. But Jacob replied, I will not let you go unless you bless me. The man asked him, what is your name? Jacob, he answered. 
Then the man said, your name will no longer be Jacob, but Israel, because you have struggled with God and with men and have overcome. Jacob replied, please tell me your name. But he replied, why do you ask my name? Then he blessed him there. So Jacob called the place Peniel, saying, It is because I saw God face to face, and yet my life was spared. The sun rose above him as he passed Peniel, and he was limping because of his hip. Therefore, to this day, the Israelites do not eat the tendon attached to the socket of the hip, because the socket of Jacob's hip was touched near the tendon. The very words of God. What a wonderful story, and the sense of the prayer of uh, Jacob is our focus here this afternoon. We've been uh, in the second services uh, thinking and doing a little different things. Uh, we've had a praise service, uh, Psalm 29. I'm not sure if you remember the thunder. Uh, we had that sense of praising God and his power and presence. The next week we have the we event. And in between we've had the prayer services, just reflecting on the prayers, great prayers of the Bible. And so we had that prayer of Abraham, the first one where he counted down 50, 40, 30, that, that God would answer the prayer for the sake of these righteous people. And we saw how, in fact, God answers prayer right down 10, 5, 1. One righteous person. And so we pray for the sake of Jesus, for Jesus' sake. And so our prayers are focused and confidently presented in the name of the one righteous Son of God, our Savior. And so that was one insight into prayer that we recognized. Today, we look at another prayer, this prayer of Jacob in Genesis 32. Amazing prayer. And, and really the story behind the, the familiar phrase, uh, wrestling with God in prayer. Uh, you probably heard that. That's used once in a while, right? Wrestling with God in prayer. This is where it starts. This is where it comes from, and it's tied also into Colossians 4, verse 12, where it says, Epaphras, who is one of you and a servant of Christ Jesus, sends greetings. He is always wrestling in prayer for you that you may stand firm in all the will of God, mature and fully assured. And the tie, yeah, standing firm, Jacob is is wavering, Jacob is limping in the end. The prayer, though, is to be firm, standing firm. Wrestling in prayer sets us firmly in, in God's will, God's power. And so that's the, the tie to the wrestling in prayer. And this story in Genesis 32, they, they tie together. I want to begin with the context of Genesis 32. We find Jacob here in great distress. He is in fear of Esau, who is coming, and may be intent on killing him and taking all he has, his blessing. The, the picture in Genesis 32 is that Jacob has a lot he has a great deal. 
and some of that is, is shown in the uh, number of animals and, and just the servants and wives, children. And so that is evidence that when Jacob stole the blessing, that, that's, that had an effect. If, if God's blessing is, is on you and, and he stole that birthright, that blessing, and it wasn't that he stole it and it didn't work. He stole it and it worked. And he has been tremendously, tremendously blessed by God. And so that reality now comes into focus because Esau is the one he stole it from. <laughs> and so, so now, what, what does he do? He's never confessed that. He's never reconciled that. And so he is in big, big trouble. And so that sense of his great need, his, his desperate circumstances force him to call out on God in, to God in prayer. And that's a reality often in our lives too, when, when we are in need for whatever circumstances. And yeah, to call out in prayer. That's, that's a way that we respond. The other context, you have to remember that the angels of God had met Jacob 20 years before on the ladder when he had the vision in a very uncertain time and an uncertain fleeing from Esau after he'd stolen the birthright and then he was fleeing to Laban and uh, Esau uh, threatening to kill him. And so that's the last time he saw Esau. Now he is going to meet Esau again as he's making his way back to the promised land. We do find here in Genesis 32 that Esau has been doing quite well himself. You have to recognize in verse 3 where Anne began to read, uh, it says, Jacob sent messengers ahead of him to his brother Esau in the land of Seir, the country of Edom. Well, that's, Edom is, is Esau's land. <laughs> and, and the country of Seir, that's, that, that's Esau's territory. I mean, he, he, he owns a land. <laughs> he, is, he is doing well. He has great uh, power and authority. And so that reality is, is first of all in the fact that, yeah, they went to see Esau in his own land, the country of Edom. Edom is the land of, the, of Esau and his descendants. And then that's, that's doubled up when the messengers come back and say, oh yeah, he's coming to meet you with 400 men. That's, that's unheard of. If you remember back to the story of Abraham and when Lot was captured, by the five kings, and they, they took Sodom and Gomorrah and Lot. How many did Abraham go after them with? 318 men? That was Abraham's force. And they went and they saved Lot. And so here, Esau comes with 400 men. It's, it's unheard of. It's, it's so powerful, so threatening. And so that's... That's the context Jacob is in. He sees that Esau has 
power to, to do what? To take back his birthright. <laughs> now, Esau can simply take it back. Jacob stole it from him. Now Esau is going to take it back. And in Genesis 27, verse 41, there is still the vow. Esau made a solemn vow that he was going to kill his brother Jacob. He held this grudge against Jacob. How long did he hold it? Well, he held it till now. And so Jacob knows nothing's been resolved, nothing has been dealt with, and so Jacob knows he is in big trouble. So Jacob prays. There's a prayer, the initial prayer, verses 9 to 12. He appeals to the God of Abraham and Isaac, his father, uh, to the God of promises and deliverance. He confesses that he is unworthy of, of his blessings. Uh, and he, he definitely takes hold of God in prayer, the greatness of God in his difficult time. It is a sincere prayer, and the prayer is focused in verse 11 on himself and Esau. Save me, I pray, from the hand of my brother Esau, for I am afraid he will come and attack me, and also the mothers with their children. So this is his prayer to God. God, please save me from this angry man, my angry brother. And God answers the prayer. He answers that prayer by changing the heart of Esau. We'll see that in a minute. But first of all, by changing the heart of Jacob. And that's the real wrestling. Wrestling in prayer is the hardest thing when it's your heart that needs to be changed. And so that's, the wrestling comes down to wrestling within God, God shaping and, and forming our own hearts. And that's, that's a difficult process, and that's a wrestling where we're wrestling in ourselves and wrestling to understand who we are and who God is. And so the wrestling in prayer is God changing Jacob's heart. And we see Jacob's heart needs changing because he did not confess or deal with his sin before God and before Esau at all. And in that earlier prayer, and even as the story continues here, Jacob offers this prayer to God. It is a sincere prayer. God save me from Esau. But then he turns right around and again he's trying to manipulate it. He's trying to Oh, really, God, I don't need you, really. If you can help, fine. But, but then he goes through all of these things that he is going to try to fix the situation himself. In his sinful self, in his own power, a scheme he, he, to, to bribe Esau to, to appease Esau's anger. No talking to Esau personally, no confession of, of stealing his birthright. He is relying on a, a smart trick that he has and his own resources and, and even risking the lives of his servants. He, he sends these servants ahead and, and really in the context, if, if Esau is coming 
to attack Jacob, I mean, those servants are as good as dead too because he'll just wipe them out and keep going. And so, but, but Jacob is thinking too, I, I'm trying to help myself. What can I do? I can't really trust in God. I can't really trust in my prayer. And so, so instead, what can I do? So he sends this gift to Esau. And, and have, have you totaled it up here? Uh, 200 female goats and, and 20 male and 200 uh, uh, female uh, sheep and 20 rams. And if you total it all up, it's 550 animals. 550 animals. That's huge. That's unbelievable. That's, that's ridiculously desperate in a sense. It's, it's just... It's evidence of God's tremendous blessing, which was the blessing Jacob stole. But it's, it's yeah, using that now to manipulate things. And, and so Jacob's heart, Jacob's real confidence, Jacob's desperate hope is that this might work. And, and he's, he's really desperate, and so he's really trying. But, but God is out of the picture again. And in himself, he's thinking, can I save myself? How desperate is he? But he does not yet have that change of heart. Notice he spaces them out strategically too. It says he tells the servant very carefully, uh, leave space between you, verse 16. Uh, why is that? Well, that's so, so, J- so Esau can, can kind of tabulate just a full effect of, of how much and that that might change Esau's heart. And then he spends the night in camp. There's nothing more he can do. That, that reality of, of Jacob is that, that sense of, yeah, he, he needs to change his hope, his confidence, is his strength is is misplaced in himself, and so that night God really graciously intervenes, verse twenty two and following, and really that that event that happens is really an amazing prayer in the Bible, in in Genesis thirty two verse twenty four uh, Jacob is alone, and and he is just left alone and really left alone uh, with himself, with himself and God. Okay, now now really, think it through. What exactly are you doing? Where is your hope? Where is your trust? And so it's a, it's a tremendous wrestling, but that, that sense of aloneness and excellent posture for sincere prayer, to be alone before the Lord, just you and God. That's, that's a beautiful insight here. Then the term wrestled uh, in, in terms of the Hebrew too, the, the title of this section of the Bible, it's, it's hard to fully understand, but it is that sense of a deep spiritual struggle in prayer, a, as real as a physical struggle. And, and there is the sense of, of he struggled with his faith with God and that, that uh, was so totally present to him, like Jesus even in the Garden of Gethsemane, sweating great drops of blood as he prayed. Physically, so fervent, so real, to hold on to God, to have God be fully present in his life, 
and God wanting to take hold of him. And so that, that whole sense of, of just wrestling in prayer and Jacob needing to see that his reliance, his hope is in God. So wrestling in himself with that knowledge relationship with God, all part of the, the situation here. As that old self, that old self-reliant self, that type of faithless self, gets confronted with the reality of God, gets confronted with God's presence and power, that sense of control, that sense of who God is to me, is at the center. And in that, Jacob needs to step back. He needs to give his life over to God. And that's so difficult. So Jacob, in verse 25, it says he wrestles all evening, all night. He wonders about it. He wonders where his, his hope really lies. He, he calls on God, but he's really trusting in his own money, his own strength, his own wisdom. And, and until he lets that go, he will not be at peace. He will not know the truth. So finally, that, that where it says to God in his grace touches Jacob, touches Jacob on his hip so that his hip is wrenched as he wrestles. And so there is that, that sense of wrestling and, and the sense of, of injury of, of his, his hip being touched, his hip being um, injured. In the ancient time, that understanding is that that makes Jacob powerless. That makes him powerless in himself. That's, that's the sense of in, f in fighting, in wrestling, a person's strength is, is, is around the center, uh, uh, in, in, the, in the joints of the legs, in the hips, and if you, if you don't have that strength, you are, you are really, you are in need. You are no longer able to, to sustain yourself. And so the sense of having been touched at that hip point is a sense of, of his, his physical strength, his ability to take care of and help and do is taken away. He is weak now. And so he has to rely on the mercy of God. He has to. He can no longer stand alone or stand or be that independent spirit. So that he has to admit that he cannot stand alone. That takes a lot of wrestling in prayer to break through the illusion of our own strength. That God would touch our lives that we realize that it only in his strength do we have hope. 
in the struggles of our lives. So in that sense, Jacob's prayer is answered. He is changed. And we see it in verse uh, 26, where, where the man says to Jacob, let me go. But Jacob will not let him go. Jacob now holds on to God. That's the one thing he does. He holds on to God. That's all he has. He has given up all these gifts, all these bribes, everything. He recognizes that his hope is only in in God's mercy. God acting in this very difficult situation. He will not let go. He must rely on the one who is so much mightier than he is. And so this is the turning point of his prayer. He has changed here. He is no longer asking about Esau either. He is uh, no longer asking to be delivered. Specifically, he is simply looking, holding on to God and asking God for his blessing. His priorities in prayer are not himself so much as, as God's focus, God's will, God's power. He is conscious that he needs God completely in his life. And that, that new consciousness is, is a reminder to him in, in the injury that he has. His physical condition is a constant reminder that, that he has to have that focus. And then the change of the name where the man asks him his name, Jacob. And Jacob means uh, one who takes by the heel or one who, who manipulates, one who who works things out for himself. And, and Jacob had that reputation as, as very tricky, very schemy, very, very much making his way to get the birthright, first of all. And even in his dealings with Laban, that was all as well. Very, very tricky kind of work. So this sense of Jacob and, and his self-reliant trickery, that name is taken away. That's not his name anymore. So instead, his name becomes Israel. Israel means struggles with God. Struggles with God. So reminding him always of this event where he was changed to fully rely on God. And so his prayer takes that form. His prayer has that foundation to it as he goes on in that new understanding, that new name, a strong, sure relationship with God. And that's, that's what prayer is. The actual practice of prayer, that it draws us into that reliance. Whenever we pray, that's, that's at the center. We Come before God, laying our lives before him. In our struggles, in the things we wrestle with in our sinful lives, to realize only his power can help us and his gracious care. And so, so that whole sense of prayer comes forward here, just beautifully expressed that, that in prayer too, it doesn't necessarily change God, it definitely changes us into humble followers trusting in God more and more completely. The passage ends with uh, Jacob 
asking God for his name. Please tell me your name. And, and there's no response. The, the presence of God there doesn't, doesn't tell the name. But we know the name of God. God in his grace has told us the name. And that name, of course, is Jesus. Jesus is the name of the power and presence of God demonstrated to us, touching our hearts, touching our lives, restoring us to a right relationship with God. And so in our prayers too, as we come before the Father, we pray along with the prayer of Abraham that God would answer our prayers for Jesus' sake, and that God would hear our prayers for we pray in the name of Jesus. Because that's where the power is. That's where our hope lies. And that's already pointed to here in this account of Jacob praying. And though the name isn't given to Jacob here specifically, we know that name as God continues to work out his will, his redeeming will through Israel and then through his son, Jesus Christ. So our prayer is always in Jesus' name. And when we offer that prayer, we are at a peniel, peniel, where it says, I saw God face to face. More than that, we see Jesus and we see answered prayer as God did what all of Jacob's gifts and scheming could not do. When Jacob finally arrives in Genesis 33, it's, it's a, the, the story ends in 33 verse 4 when, when Esau, sorry, when Esau finally arrives with the 400 men and, and confronts, see 33 verse 1, uh, Jacob looked up and there was Esau coming with the 400 men. Uh, verse 4, Esau ran to meet Jacob, embraced him, threw his arms around him, kissed him, and they wept. Wow, I mean, that's, that's unimaginable, that's unthinkable. That, well, that should never, could never happen. But it happened. Because God is our power, our strength, our hope. And God changed Esau's heart. But notice as well what Jacob says. Jacob doesn't just, just wipe his brow and say, boy, that was lucky. He says in verse 10, uh, Esau talks to him in verse 10. Uh, Jacob says, uh, they, they talk about giving the gifts back and forth. And then Jacob says, no, please, if I have found favor in your eyes, accept the gifts truly as gifts. For to see your face is like seeing the face of God. What is he saying? To see your face is like seeing the face of God. Peniel, I see God's power having, having worked in you. I see God in you. I see the answer to my prayers by God's grace. To see your face is seeing the face of God, that God is the one who has done that and who continues to be my hope and my center. And so that, that wrestling with God has brought him to that beautiful confidence of seeing God's will worked out in his life. And that is a beautiful, beautiful prayer, answered and accepted. So seeing this too, that we recognize 
God's gracious face smiling on us as we prayerfully and humbly put our trust in him. Amen. We're going to respond in singing uh, two songs of thanksgiving, uh, both of them in relation to uh, uh, wrestling and the struggles that, that we have, but the hope that we have. We're first going to sing 505, stanzas 1, 2, 3, and 4, uh, speaking about the saints, the saints of old who trusted in God and how we too need to trust in Him. We'll stand to sing.